Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior. Another Thursday, another opportunity for you to learn more about yet another solar and clean energy entrepreneur. And thanks so much for lending me your ears and the only non-renewable resource that you've got. That's your time. Wherever you are, I know that you could be listening to, watching, or engaging with lots of different ways to spend that time. I promise that we will take good care of it for you over the next hour. I hope that you will learn and grow with us. If you're new here, I know that you're going to get a lot of value out of this episode. Don't forward through a whole lot because you'll miss some stuff. And I'd love it if at the end you would give me your feedback. Let me know what you thought as a newbie to this show. Today's entrepreneur has been elevating the solar industry for more than 20 years in a lot of different roles. But more recently, it's his role as inventor of breakthrough solar ovens and outdoor gear that's caught my attention. Patrick Sherwin's thirst for solutions has put him at the center of several technology breakthroughs, and we'll get into the how and why of his entrepreneurial journey in just a few moments. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to the show as that's going to ensure you won't miss out on our twice-weekly content just like this one. And of course, you can always check out more than 350 other founders' stories and startup advice over at mysuncast.com. For now, get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. Well, I love having inventors on the show, and truth be told, I don't get enough opportunity to do that. I'm really excited today to be introducing you to my new friend, Mr. Patrick Sherwin. Patrick is the founder of GoSun, but he's got 20 years of experience prior to GoSun in building solar on-grid, off-grid, NABCEP certified, lead AP, and a bevy of other acronyms that we can attach to his name. He's an entrepreneur and inventor after my own heart and is chasing the dream of building a company that serves a true need in the marketplace. We'll get into all that, but first, welcome to Suncast, Mr. Patrick Sherwin. Thank you, Nico. It's a real pleasure to be here. You guys have some phenomenal guests and some killer content coming out. I love that you're focused on this epic movement in the solar industry. We don't realize that we're really kind of a an anomaly coming out of a world full of uh, fossil fuels and carbon-based uh, economy. And uh, I think we're, we're really leading a, a complete new future where we're real pioneers. And so I think you, you're really instilling and in, in creating that movement. Well, thank you, Patrick. I really appreciate that, especially coming from someone who has been at it a few years longer than I have, for sure. Well, tell me, Patrick, for those who maybe have never heard of Patrick or Gosun, Do you give us a sense of your first exposure or foray into solar power when you decided that this is where you're going to focus your career? Well, that goes back uh, for me 
to high school when I when I learned about the Solar Space Station. I was uh, real into the outdoors back in back growing up. I was lucky enough to grow up on kind of a farm. I got turned into someone who I guess was more aware of the, the impact that humans can have. When uh, one summer I I kind of built an ecosystem in the creek in my backyard. And I installed all kinds of fish and amphibians, built this amazing riparian eco zone. And one of the neighbors, you know, everybody in the neighborhood was in love with it. We had all this, all the, all this activity coming back to this once kind of destroyed creek. And one of the neighbors had poured the oil from their truck directly into the creek and destroyed everything that we had created. That kind of made me more aware of the impacts that we can have and learning more and more about the impacts collectively across the planet related to, you know, at the time it was pollution, not so much the discussion around climate change. It made me focus more and more on finding solutions to get us out of the mess that we're creating. That's a beautiful story. You mentioned the International Space Station. What about the International Space Station captivated your interest? I think the fact that it was there was a, a possibility for, for people to coexist somewhere so completely different than learning the way they powered the station was through the sun. That kind of, that really triggered something. It made me realize that the sun could be utilized. And if, if that's the case, then why aren't we doing that down here when we know that you know, coal and oil are creating all of these epic issues? So Patrick, growing up with a focus on sustainability and understanding that we can harness the sun's power, I wonder what career path did as a, in your youth, you think you might go down, but you never actually did. I was considering engineering. My family is largely an engineering family. My grandfather was big metallurgist and my sisters both went into engineering school I was sort of reared up and I actually went into an engineering program at Virginia Tech in my freshman year. I enjoyed it and I'm, you know, I'm built like an engineer, built to solve problems. However, the career path was a little, I guess, overwhelming or underwhelming when it came to the opportunity to learn and to really be more of a holistic designer and overwhelming on like learning specific details on one you know, one arena or one problem. I just didn't like dissecting things down to that high technical degree. I wanted to keep keep looking at the big picture and staying more involved in social progression and sales and marketing and kind of more the entrepreneurial chase. So there was a stint there for a while where I looked also at doing things in the medical field, which again, felt similar in that uh, you would focus very much on solving, you know, sort of focusing on the symptom rather than really looking at the preventative issues. Are you, like me, a engineering school dropout who migrated to business? More or less. I actually dropped out. I went on the road and, and kind of lived out West and did the things I wanted to do. You know, at the time you're 1920, some snowboarding and, and rafting, mountain bike and all that. And, and when I came back to school, I ended up focusing in, in areas where like I was just very interested instead of business. It's funny, I'm in this role as a very successful entrepreneur now, but 
I'm not really a business person and I haven't really went after business at any stage in, in my life. I've always been lucky enough to pursue the things I'm interested in. So in college, I studied geography, geology, biology, chemistry, and those, that's, that's my degree. It's I mean, something completely unrelated to business and to the field that I'm now you know, leading. So help me understand then the segue from geology, geography, pursuing those interests at an early age into a career that now has spanned nearly two decades in the solar industry and not just in solar hot water. You have also dabbled in electric vehicles and you've got lead AP, which for those uh, who aren't familiar, that's an energy efficiency and design protocol for buildings. And, And an AP is a practitioner who gets certified to design buildings to meet a certain global, now global standard that was developed back in the late 90s. Help me understand then the pathway that got you into solar, where you spend a lot of time working on off-grid and and solar ovens. Solar is like the gateway drug for my engineering brain to begin building a solution set. I'm a systems guy and I'm kind of an energy guy. I wanted to look big picture and I am constantly trying to reposition my lens to be as high as I can looking at the entirety of, of our of our interaction and where's the biggest opportunity or the biggest issues to solve. So, you know, when you get into solar, uh, I found solar in the phone book while I was in college. I called the founder of this small merging Ohio solar company. He says, sure. I show up on the job site and he hands me a trowel and we start, you know, spackling a wall of concrete and nothing to do with solar. But after working for him for four years, I got plenty of solar experience in and a plenty other, you build a timber frame home, we're building greenhouses. I loved it all. Just loved the learning. And I wanted to constantly improve uh, my understanding of systems. So when, you know, build a, a, an off-grid solar electric system, and then we needed to filter water to keep the goats uh, happy. Uh, I couldn't wait to learn more about gray water recycling. We had to build a barn to keep the chickens laying through the winter. So now I'm learning about super insulation. I went and lived in the Caribbean for years and learned a lot about uh, isolated grids uh, and the opportunity to integrate solar and electric vehicles. This stuff for me is, it's intoxicating to, to develop a solution set that I can apply, you know, to whatever, uh, whatever client needs. I never wanted to do the same thing over and over and, and get really good at that and bankroll. You know, that, that's just me and that's how I'm constructed. It's probably a flaw to be constantly interested in what's next and doing something different. I have a hard time doing things the same way twice. That seems to go counterintuitive to the engineer mind and the systems thinking. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty rudimentary engineer. I look at what's been done and, you know, I'll often, you know, mimic what, what someone else is doing that I know that works, but I'm always looking for the place between, there's always that 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 trifecta that we're trying to hit with every project or every product that we purchase where it's like, high quality, high performance, and low, low cost. So I'm good at finding that, that trifecta, which basically means I'm willing to 
to try a lot of things and find compromise. Basically, solving problems quickly is is kind of what what I've turned into being the best at. Living in the Caribbean, I presume off grid, but it's not entirely clear to me that you were off grid. I know that you did a lot of off grid systems when you were installing solar in Florida and other and other places. But I'm wondering, what did the off grid experience, and in particular your time in the Caribbean, help you understand about consumers and about how solar works that informs the way you now develop products? Living off grid is really difficult. And I would imagine any listener here that is doing that and knows, you know, you're not living on solar, you're living on battery and some really sophisticated electronics. I think the biggest learning is it's hilarious, I'm going to say this, but I learned this kind of unique piece of wisdom that I you know it could be misconstrued, but basically there is no problem that you can't solve by simply lowering your standards. <laughs> 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 it, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's true. There's no oh problem that you can't solve by simply lowering your standards. Okay, so what are your, what are you lowering? What are your standards? So for example, like with GoSun right now, we're coming up with these water system solutions. And this is something that very much came from living in an island with a developing world infrastructure at the end of the line where you're out of luck if, you know, power or water goes out. We're creating a kitchen sink and a shower all from a tiny little USB powered pump. It pulls two or three watts and it pushes water out at about one liter per minute. So what, what standard did I lower there? Well, we're used to water at 10 times that flow rate when we're at home. When we drop that standard, all of a sudden it liberates all these other, you know, it, it solves all of these other problems. We're using huge amounts of water. We got to make it fresh. We're, we're heating that water before we shower with it. Huge amounts of energy. If we slow the flow rate down to one-tenth, then we just, you know, we just reduced our problems tenfold. How do you clean your hair in that low? It works. It, it works. <laughs> That's the wild thing. So, you know, you got to wash your standards. You know, you don't want to turn into a, a sloppy mess. Did you innovate on... I know this is esoteric, but the nozzle itself and the way that pressure is applied or distributed? That's right. Yeah. Uh, we did a ton of 3D printing. Again, we looked at what's already out there. We adapted from this series of products from Lockline, which uh, works on oh, yeah. like, robotic lines. Mm -hmm. And, you know, bam, 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 one thing led to another and we, we, we nailed it. And actually, this, this was something we were working on during the, the COVID pandemic about a year ago when washing your hands was becoming super important <laughs> yet again. I want to talk a, whole, a lot about how COVID uh, impacts uh, or impacted your business. Before we get there, I want to prime the pump with why GoSun exists, how you have raised money for it, and what the market response has been. So I want to give folks a picture of a little bit more of a rounded picture of who Patrick is. One of the things that surprised me, you mentioned that you started this company, Brightfield Transportation, in, in Asheville, putting in, in electric chargers. I identify with a lot of what you've said around being the innovator, the, the creator, the non-detail guy. I know that so many here are going to identify with that. Help me understand how you go from living off-grid, NABSEP certified installer, working for other people, to starting an EV charging company a decade too soon, 
to starting GoSun. Can you just walk me down that path in a couple minutes? Sure. I always knew I wanted to work for myself. I spent the first decade of my career working for everybody and his brother, which I really enjoyed. And I'm glad that I didn't start my own thing until I was in my 30s. The learning in the 20s was super, super helpful to see how other people conducted business and themselves. So I was living in the Caribbean, working for a large institution and received a notice from the government that said, hey, you guys can't work here. Uh, we had just really gotten set up and we were kicking butt and we had clients like, like Lenny Kravitz and Mariah Carey. What was it that you were doing? We were basically designing and installing systems and systems included mostly you know, solar, but also small wind, water and waste management. And this is on some small island in the Caribbean. Are you at liberty to say where? Yeah, uh, in the Bahamas on an island called Eleuthera, but we were also, you know, kind of traveling throughout the, the Caribbean. So, and we had clients like Atlantis, you know, one of the largest developments in the Caribbean. And we're trying to do this like $2 million solar hot water s system on their laundry facility, which would have saved them. You can't even believe that the ROI on this system was like, you know, the, the return was, was like in four months or something. Because they're basically burning diesel, you know, to make electricity to then heat the water. I mean, you just can't believe how inefficient some of the stuff is. So the opportunities down there were vast, but the political climate, the regulatory issues were, were also vast. So most of the projects never went forward. Anyway, we got this notice that uh, I really couldn't be down there conducting any kind of business. And so that pushed me into you know, working for myself overnight as kind of a renegade solar systems consultant. So a lot of the clients that wanted to keep things going forward, I could help them one way or another and collaborate with uh, contractors. Like basically I'm down there, but I can't, I can tell people what to do or design systems, but I can't push the wrench. So all of a sudden I'm, I'm hiring buddies that are locals to, to install these systems. And so that's and then when I when I left the Caribbean uh, for sort of family reasons, I came back to my my home here in Cincinnati, Ohio. I am doing the same thing. I'm I'm a freelance consultant, uh, helping others uh, figure out how to install solar. With that, some friends of mine, we've been talking for a long, long time about the coming electric vehicle advent, and uh, one of my best buds uh, started and, and ran a very successful bicycle shop starting here in Cincinnati, then moving to Asheville. And so we, that's how we, we collaborated on, I mean, we're basically starting with electric uh, bicycles, again, a decade early and electric scooters, and then moving on up to electric motorcycles and neighborhood electric vehicles. And we were planning to turn the bike shop into this electric vehicle reseller. And then, you know, I kind of brought in this, well, what if we built, you know, electric vehicle charging stations and, and, and powered them with the sun. And we got a grant from the Department of Energy. Uh, a lot of my career prior to GoSun was very grant to grant or, you know, incentive program to incentive program based. And I was one of the lucky guys that could travel for the project. I didn't own my own company and have, you know, 20 people to feed at home. So, you know, I followed the industry quite a bit, learned a lot. And that, that kind of gave me the ability to, to, to move quick, act quick, and work for myself. For context, for those who are not looking at Patrick's uh, LinkedIn account, 
Brightville was 2008 to roughly 2012 at a time when uh, Tesla was very much uh, a hope and a dream. And organizations like Project Better Place were around trying to get uh, electric charging in place. I, I just want folks to comprehend, contextualize some of the, how, how far ahead of the curve you have been in many of your endeavors. And timing is, a, is an important one. And boy, are we, are we lucky now as an industry uh, to, point, to point at Tesla and to say, I'm doing this, look at these guys, you know, they're worth, it, it, it's helping to fuel the movement on, and we never had a unicorn that we could point at. So people, you know, people didn't treat you with very much uh, respect or, or they didn't understand you or value you when you were trying to build solar electric vehicle infrastructure in 2008. It's true. So Patrick, somewhere around 2015, 2016, you started thinking that there's a better way to deliver, deploy solar hot water and solar heating appliances. And that there perhaps would be a market Amazon style for these appliances as consumers are starting to adopt this sustainability mindset. Help me understand the initial phase of launching GoSun from how you conceptualize the product to the team that you as a idea guy surround yourself with, and then how you went about funding the venture. I was excited to, to get off the solar coaster. Again, that project by project level, and you know, you'd put all this energy into a project that never would move forward. And a lot of my clients at the time were very financially oriented, and that was kind of peeling the humanity out of the work. So this muse, I, I, had, I had taken a solar hot water heater off of a roof and discovered that I could cook hot dogs. Long story short, the thing was the most amazing sizzling. This is an evacuated tube uh, solar system that was installed in the late 80s, actually made in, in Toledo, Ohio. And that hot dog cooker just continued to come up in my life as like this fun invention. And I was doing a lot to figure out where my life path would go, what I continued to do, solar installs and consultations, what I, what I continued to uh, launch startups, that I want to be a restaurateur and, and, and sell, you know, solar, uh, solar restaurants. I, I discovered Kickstarter a crowdfunding platform where you could take an idea and launch and see what would happen, kind of the ultimate way to test a market. So that muse turned into a huge project to try to get this idea of a first oven that we made was capable of cooking a meal for two in 20 minutes. And it was a very compact, simple product. In fact, it's our still our, one of our number one selling products called the Ghost on Sport. And I wanted to get it up onto Kickstarter and see, you know, see what the market would yield. Very few people in my immediate sphere were necessarily excited about that or thought I was onto something. They kind of thought I was just a, just like, you know, kind of a harebrained, half-baked idea. But I knew that there was something in it. And it took me about two years to really put the special sauce. So I brought in an industrial designer began to kind of build a brand, focus more on the, the marketing aspects. We launched the product. I was working at the time as a freelance consultant for about five companies, and they all knew that I was doing this. I had about a thousand emails from you know friends and people I've met in the industry. And I sent the, I sent the product out onto, onto Kickstarter. 
that first day we did 13k after seven weeks we did 200 grand wow and i told everybody all my clients i said look i'm gonna go focus on this 100 percent." they said great we know that's your thing and with that, I stepped off the solar coaster and went into Gosun, uh, you know, basically building products, consumer level products that ran on the sun. What year 100%. was that? 2013. Amazing. You must have been one of the first solar products on Kickstarter. There was a few of the like micro solar lighting products. But yeah, we were, we, we were kind of the first successful solar oven, basically, to, to, to almost ever you know, hit the, hit the interwebs. I remember you did uh, not just Kickstarter, but Indiegogo. And you said that something like 75% of your revenue in the first few years was from that crowdfunding. Is that right? Yeah. So again, it sort of instilled this business model, which is you better innovate, you better build it quick. You, you know, you've got to get something interesting out in the market and shipped to people ASAP. That business model is still kind of what we live and breathe on. What do you think companies who haven't embraced a obviously consumer product mindset could learn from crowdfunding in particular? I think the piece around video is really helpful and particularly the first you know, five seconds of a video. Uh, as we all know, our attention spans are limited uh, and we're getting so much content thrown at us so quickly. If it's not compelling right now, uh, I'm going to scroll past it. It's important that just about any company figure out how to really speak to a consumer. And I, I think the main message there is you need to add value. You know, you, you need to come up with a way to educate, inform, uh, and help them really understand the how, the why, the where that your product or service will take them. That is really cool. I love the idea that through exercises like raising money through Kickstarter, even if that's not your main gig, right? That's not your main activity. It is a, it can be a forcing function at a marketing level to test your value proposition. And big time. yeah, big time. And understanding how to convey your message in five seconds, such that you hook someone enough to stay another five seconds and another five seconds. How long is a winning crowdfunding video? Typically, in a minute and a half does the job. I often want to spend, you know, three or five minutes because I want to explain how it all plugs into this ecosystem or show all the different use cases of the product. So I'm constantly trying to get the red pen out and figure out, you know, how do I chop certain segments out and get down to that crystallized minute, minute and a half is kind of the golden ratio. Now you went from raising revenue in the form of crowdfunding to raising equity using seed invest and start engine back in 2017, 2019, when many in our ecosystem didn't believe that that equity could be raised from the crowd in that way. We had one of, uh, of our other friends from Solar on talking about how they raised they were one of the largest start engine uh, equity funding rounds. I'm sure you're familiar with that. You've done more than them, more than nearly 2 million in equity crowdfunding through the two platforms. What have you learned about equity crowdfunding that we can, that we can adapt to our businesses? Yeah, I think it, it's all about the crowd. It's all about the, your people. People want to see this stuff succeed. 
And it's legitimate when you launch your idea on Kickstarter and it's half-baked and, you know, overpriced or whatever. People buy it and they're willing to stick with you and be the uh, early adopters or the visionaries of, of your vision and carry that. And they're, mm. they're willing to, you know, receive a product that has a crappy user manual and, you know, doesn't, doesn't fit in their hands, right? Whatever, you know, they, they realize that you aren't Apple or you don't have to make things perfect. So the same kind of applies over into the equity crowdfunding space. It's as much as a, a business investment as it is a uh, heart-centered philanthropic investment. I want to see this this business model or this concept move forward. Here's a thousand dollars in support, and if I ever get that back, that would be great. If I got it back threefold or fivefold, that's mind blowing. But if I never get it at all, that's okay too. I, I'm glad that these people are out there doing that, and I don't think that that is something that the the, the rest of the finance world understands it and deals with. And and that's what we're seeing now with, well, I don't want to get too esoteric here, but I think we're finding that the power of the crowd, the power of basically us connected on social media and this platform that you've created is, it has more intrinsic value and far more economic importance than, than we realize the GameStop is, is kind of an interesting argument towards that. Or just look at Tesla's valuation. I mean, it has so much to do with the fact that, you know, there, there's a narrative that Elon Musk has built in, in and around himself that's all about saving the planet and, you know, just being bold and brave and taking big risks. I mean, all of it ends up being very lovable. And, and these are things you can't measure you know, the, the sort of the gut, the, you know, the, the human heart. And I think that, that we want to do more in that space as an industry. I know it sounds wishy-washy and gooey, you know, but I honestly, I think that more of us should work from our hearts and work from that authentic place because that is really attractive. Man, I totally agree with you on that. And we certainly enjoy conversations here with heart-centered uh, entrepreneurs on suncast appreciate to appreciate having that insight into how you think about being a leader as well back in february fellow solar warrior ravi mickelson revealed in episode 345 that the world's top banks funneled nearly two trillion dollars into fossil fuels since the paris accord signing despite their lip service towards climate and renewables if that gets under your skin as much as it did mine, then let Robbie's fast-growing fintech banking platform, Atmos, help you align your purpose with your pocketbook, your cause with your cash. And you can know that it's never supporting interests or industries misaligned with your personal mission. Start your financial journey at joinatmos.com forward slash suncast. Hey, by now, I'm sure you've probably heard about our mission-minded program, getting your dream job in clean energy in 12 weeks. Our current cohort is giving us great feedback and kudos, I might add, as they go through the material and our coaching calls. You can see more about what this program looks like at suncast.vip. That's our brand spanking new webpage to talk about the mission-minded 
program. That's also where you can send friends, family, neighbors, colleagues that you know who might need a little extra help, a little guidance to find that dream job in clean energy. Our mission-minded program cohort is ongoing right now. We are taking a waiting list for our next cohort. I'd encourage you to do two things. One, send anyone you know that might be interested. Two, those of you who are so inclined, please go check out suncast.vip and email me, nico at mysuncast.com. You know, COVID in particular, we mentioned earlier, had an impact. It rocked the industry, it rocked the world, rocked many, many businesses. I'd love to hear how in particular COVID affected GoSun. So COVID was a bit of a windfall for GoSun. We kind of doubled down on meeting essential needs, which is kind of the core of of GoSun. So it's not just cooking, but we have cooling, power and lighting. And then during the pandemic, we, we accelerated development of a water purification and sanitation system, basically a, a portable kitchen sink. I, I did a ton of research at the beginning of the pandemic, something, again, I, we touched on earlier here, but I was always interested in how do we use as little water as possible. So I was at the sink every time I was washing my hands, which we all did a ton a year ago, I was trying to lo- use as little water as possible and then get a feel for what that flow rate was. And then we build a product around that. And like I said, it's around one liter a minute. You can get your hands totally clean. You can wash your hair. You can take a shower. And so we, we pushed that product out. It took us about two months to get it onto Indiegogo. It's called the GoSun Flow. We launched that in May of last year. Uh, but basically sales across the board were, were really strong because GoSun resonates with like recreation and preparedness needs. You know, I'm curious as well, Patrick, as you are, you've said that you don't like to do things the same way twice. And, and you, you know, if I take a look at the GoSun website, it's remarkable. Uh, it, it, it looks very much like an Amazon style e-commerce site and marketplace. Uh, kudos. You guys, you guys have done a phenomenal job over the last seven years of developing a really nice looking brand and really what look like very well engineered products with great reviews. Obviously, five million in crowdfunding Kickstarter campaigns is nothing to, to to snuff at. How do you think now about products that you want to bring to market? And also how do you versus your team reel in the idea machine so that you can only focus on those products that have a likelihood of succeeding? A lot of it goes back to a bit of my origin there where we were asking about uh, the life in the Caribbean. Having lived a lot of that time off grid and learning the difficulties of it um, and meeting essential needs across, well, what do you need on a day, right? You, you need to have a coffee, make some waste, lights, fans, take a shower, cook the food, keep the food cold. You know, doing all of this on conventional technology is pretty cumbersome and energy intense. So there's massive, massive opportunities. So we look at that and say, okay, we've built this amazing cooker. Now what else is needed? Okay. So we built these portable refrigerators. We, we found technology with um, brushless DC compressors and incredible controls. So you can now have a portable fridge that pulls 35 watts as opposed to like 100 watts using those old thermoelectric versions. And we're iterating more on that to try to make it more user-friendly, more efficient. And then, you know, we love watching what's happening with lithium, you know, with battery technology and 
the ability to take like a folding solar panel and plug that in and have, you know, two kilowatts on one arm. And so that's something we're, we're pushing more and more because those are, that's an obvious, there's a lot of other people in that space. I think the difference between GoSun and a lot of the other kind of power bank, like a, like Goal Zero is a good example, Jackery, they focus on, you know, making an amazing power bank with, you know, all kinds of ports. You figure out how you want to use it. We focus more on like the essential need. So we focus more on things as though they are appliances. What is the need that we're trying to meet? That's a good place to start. Then the other thing, my sister um, now works for General Electric and she's done through all this Six Sigma training. She and I are constantly comparing notes. I'm kind of the opposite when it comes to, you know, they're, they're very process oriented. They're very top down, you know, organizationally heavy. And we're, we're kind of very laterally structured with respect to power. We, it goes on, uh, we were very nimble. We're kind of messy. You know, we don't have a great process involved and everything. But what we do, what I did take from her is, is basically an optimization spreadsheet, kind of a, a way to make decisions that are difficult. And I use this all the time now. Long story short is that you have all of your options, you know, and you'll, you'll put those on your Y axis and then, and then on your columns, you'll put in different values and you'll, you'll want to rank things based on, you know, their profitability, their difficulty in manufacturing, you know, their alignment with your team, the alignment with the market, blah, blah, blah. And since, you know, our gut and our brain can do a lot to make a decision and generally kind of knows the answer. It's really helpful to break things down into individual assessments, essentially, and kind of breaking apart the values of each of these options. And then you can weight the values differently. So if you decide that this is the time to be profitable, so we're going to put, we're going to put much more points around profitability and we don't care as much about some of these other aspects, then, you know, that'll, that'll skew the answers. But, you know, you just try to be as honest as you can as you fill out this optimization spreadsheet. So we have like, so we have this backlog of maybe 20 pretty solid inventions. And I go into this probably quarterly into this giant spreadsheet and I just sort of change the numbers or I'll add a couple new ideas and, and see how they shake out. And, uh, and then we'll pick from the top. Mm, that's amazing. I'd love to know, Patrick, what do you feel like is your number one headache or the, the roadblock that you continually have to go around as an entrepreneur? The biggest challenge is, is with, with people. Okay. And that doesn't sound right, but basically how do you build a great team and align efforts and, and, and kind of divide up labor and, and keep everyone uh, engaged, committed, incentivized. So that's part of the entrepreneurial path that I didn't sign up for, that I didn't <laughs> know. <laughs> and, it, you know, I went from kind of a solo, you know, for, for the five years prior to starting GoSun, I was kind of a solo freelance consultant starting a couple small companies. And then I launched GoSun with just a couple of buddies that I'm working with, you know, paying very easily. And then uh, all of a sudden I've got a, I've got 10 people. Now we're at about 15 people and we don't really have like a lot of management, you know, there's not a middle manager, 
almost everyone kind of speaks directly to me to some extent. And so that that's kind of the crux or the, that's been the biggest challenge. And, and I have, we have the most amazing team. I mean, it, and I have, you know, so sort of the best people I could imagine. So, but nonetheless, handling the interface, I mean, we, we need to do more to understand what is it, the Enneagram, you know, how does one person need to hear or, or speak versus another, you know, how do we clap? And, and COVID has been tough. I mean, we, we haven't really hung out and seen each other for like a year. And that's stressful on the team because now it's like everything is very much just, did you do this? Did you do that? You know, it's very task oriented versus kind of let's get together and really remember why we're doing this and, 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 and remember the joy. You mentioned Enneagram. Have you done that level of personality analysis on your team to see how folks communicate better? I haven't. And I, I plan to do that sooner than later. Yeah. It's something that we found incredibly helpful. And for those who are unfamiliar, there are kind of three different tests right now. Uh, there are really, I'll give you four that work um, and they, they kind of work on different levels. So everybody's probably familiar with Myers-Briggs. I think it's MBFT, MBTF. I can't remember exactly what the acronym is, but if you go to 1616personalities.com, that's a free uh, Myers-Briggs test. And that's your typical, I'm an ENFP. I have a lot of clients that are INTJ or ENTJ because opposites attract. <laughs> but Enneagram gives you a bit more in depth about your proclivities, right? The ways that you could show up in different environments. And then one that I really like a lot and one that you might consider in the work environment, Patrick, as a, I'm going to say, I'm going to say better, but it is simply different assessment of how people like to communicate and how they like to be communicated with and what their core skill is that they bring to the table. And that's the DISC profile, D-I-S-C. And a tool that I use often that's free to use, and it's also a little uh, magic secret weapon to plug into your LinkedIn, is called Crystal Nose, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L Nose, K-N-O-W-S.com. Uh, I use this as a, a paid version, actually, and I recommend it to all my clients. And then the fourth is this one called Colby A, and I was introduced to that by a client because one of their coaches in the past recommended it to them. Uh, and Colby A is very good for founders and co-founders in particular to know their strengths and weaknesses and how they can participate in growing the company together as leaders. So four different easy ways to assess your own and your team's personality styles and sort of work styles. Uh, the Enneagram is by far the best kind of get to know yourself tool. Uh, a lot of folks are familiar with My Myers-Briggs and there's a million and one comparisons. How an ENFP can work with an INTJ. Uh, so very good. 16 personalities does a good job at that. Crystal Nose, I think is the best for uh, a free disc assessment that also gives you some sociograph about people that you're inter interacting with. And it's a secret weapon for me in meetings. And then Colby A is a great assessment for founders that want to get to know better their, their co-founders and their, how they can play, uh, play well with one another. Fantastic. Thank yeah. You. You're very welcome. Uh, I, I love how intentional I see that you are about your business and about how you're growing it. So anything I can do to help there, I'm happy to. We're going to have to turn the corner here towards home and wrap this up in a few minutes, but I'd love to know if you have any key lessons or takeaways that you've gleaned from mentors in your career. Definitely. And, and I was very lucky to attract a mentor who is now our VP of development, Gary Starr. Gary had um, 40 plus years of a career in clean technology, solar and electric vehicles, went head to head with Elon Musk back in 2007 and eight. He's been just a huge help. And, and this is someone who's truly built as an entrepreneur. 
I don't know, again, if, if myself, I would throw myself in the category, but his sort of friend, friendly friction, you know, just pushing and pushing and pushing for something to get done is, has helped Ghost on just, just tremendously. I'm, I'm sure we wouldn't be where we are without him. And, and so that, you know, when things are pushing and difficult and when someone is the squeaky wheel, you have to really look and say, you know, is this, is this good or bad? Is this what I want? Or do I want this to be more of a lifestyle business? And I want this to be easier, you know, and I've pretty much always said, yeah, I'll go for the difficult path. I'll take the challenge. I'll learn the stuff. I don't want to learn, do the things I don't want to do. And then, you know, we, we've learned also to take a lot of risks along the way. So nothing ventured, nothing gained. I do want to go back to the comment, you know, that I mentioned on lowering our standards, you know, because I think that could be misconstrued, especially on a lot of the listeners are, you know, it's, it's imperative that you build a system that's going to do, you know, that's going to be around for 30, 40, 50 years. And I am not advocating that you cut corners and you build crappy systems. It's, it's more, um, again, kind of a lens that you would look at the whole thing and say, you know, what would this look like if it was easy? And, and I think, you know, a lot of this won't be up to us. To, you know, this a lot of this is government leadership. But when I look at how quickly China can build a hospital or a railway or you name it, there's something very efficient. I mean, I'm, I'm always in pursuit of efficiency. And I think we do a poor job in the States. I think there's too many people that are more interested in a paycheck than you know, getting it done the easiest and best way. And, and so I, I think more that question is, is like a systemic, you know, how, how do we lower the standard to maintain, you know, a good quality of life and maintain the basic comforts and performance that we've become to know, but do it in the most efficient manner with much, much less resources. And I think that we're stuck to some extent and that's the sad part to me to watch. Like, I know that there's solutions out there to solve all of our problems, primarily this epic climate problem that we're all facing. But it's really humans that are that are the impediment to that. I mean, you know, it's our mentality. It's it's our it's our entitlement. You know, we believe culturally we you know we should have these things. We need these things. We have to have these things. And in, in reality, all you have to do is make a few small perspective shifts and a few small decisions and you alleviate, you know, more than 50% of your burden. Man, I feel like I could speak with you on so many different topics for many, many more hours. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting a chance to learn from you. I have a few more questions that I always like to ask, and then I'm going to have to release you back to the wild, Patrick. But before I do, you, you are in the business of creating amazing climate tech products. I like to ask and have been lately asking in the last, you know, 12 to 36 weeks, what do you feel is the coolest climate tech that you've seen come on the market? Maybe, maybe that's even a GoSun product. I don't know. You said climate tech. Oh, right. Like, like green tech, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So clean tech, climate tech, something approaching, uh, solving the climate solutions that we need. I'm super excited about the the combination that we're seeing with data and uh, mobility. It's no wonder that a Tesla has the has the valuation that it does. I think autonomous vehicles are going to be, you know, a, a very very major part of our future. But I think transit in general, mobility in general needs needs to be done way easier and more efficiently. So, uh, I think 
I think we're going to get there. America's a, again, a bit of a laggard, but I, I just think it's really exciting to see how, you know, electronic controls and, and IT and, you know, motors and spinny things are all kind of coming together and, you know, efficiencies are being found. I hope that folks will check out all of the gadgets and motors and spinny things on the GoSun website. We'll give you a chance in a moment to uh, to brag a little bit more about that and how people can find it. But before we do that, is are there any books that you routinely recommend or that you've read that just rocked your world and you feel like others should check out? I think someone who who's not getting as much credit as they deserve is Richard Branson, uh, Losing My Virginity. There's somebody who, in my opinion, really lives it and breathes it. You know, he's in, uh, he's going there. And I think that's something I'm trying to take more to heart is, is really, you know, being the first person to field test or live with the technology that we create. And, th- and there's somebody who's is here now. I mean, if I look in the past, I love the Buckminster Fuller, you know, Nikolai Tesla, you know, you know, Elon Musk is obviously the the poster child to, to much of this and, and he's getting all the attention anyway. So you guys already know about him. <laughs> Yeah, we love Elon around here. Talk about it a lot. And EV, electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles are certainly having their day in the sun. But I concur with you that one of the unsung heroes of the entrepreneurial world in modern era is Richard Branson. He's a hero of mine, someone that I certainly look up to and hope to meet one day and have uh, have really enjoyed learning from him through the years. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from Richard is, train folks so that they're good enough to leave and treat them such that they'll never want to. Do you have a morning routine or a regular consistent habit in your life that influences how you show up? I do a um, ancient Tibetan practice that's called the five Tibetan rites. Uh, I'll do that every morning, kind of just gets, gets my body pumped up and ready to, ready to roll. And then I, I'll do uh, some Vipassana meditation I'm not doing two hours of, uh, of morning routine. You know, it's, it's, I, I get about 20 minutes of calm and then, you know, then it's time for coffee and catch up. Are you an email first thing in the morning or push it off for a couple of hours? I push it off for probably an hour and I'll wait till I'm up for, you know, for a good bit before I really get into engaging. I spend, I'll spend the first 20 minutes or, or the first, uh, my first deluge of uh, media will often be on things that aren't heavy. So uh, I'll, I'll look at, you know, what's the latest product launch on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Man, you're a product of the product right there. I love that. I love what I'm doing with, with creating products. And, and you know, it, through, through the creation of products, there's so many, you know, stories and, and spins that I think it's kind of, um, it, it's, it's basically been built for me. You know, I am ba- true, truly an inventor. That's so cool. I love it. Well, folks are no doubt at this point wondering how they can check out uh, your inventions. So Patrick, where should folks go to check out more about GoSun and potentially even uh, procure some of these amazing products that you've kickstarted? Well, thanks, Nico. We've got a website at gosun.co. Since we love what you're doing so much and we love this audience, uh, these solar pioneers, we created a discount code on the site, gosun.co, you enter it at the checkout. The code is SUNCAST, and that's going to get them 20% off. Man, I love that. That's so generous of you. Thank you very much for that. So for those who may, like I did, go to gosun.com, it's .co, the second most popular top-level domain in the in the world right now. So gosun.co. And 
as you just heard uh, for the first time, as I did, that Patrick and the team are going to give you, dear Suncast listener, a discount of 20%, you know, one out of $5. That's amazing. If you just use the checkout code SUNCAST. Uh, wow, that's really cool, man. I'm, I'm going to take you up on that because I've got my eye on a few things over there as well, including that sweet camping table, solar camping table. I may have to just pass the code along to my wife for Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's end today with a bold prediction, as we always do, Patrick. What one thing do you see happening in the market that maybe nobody else is tracking? What's in your crystal ball, Patrick Sherwin? I think the, the need for resiliency is going to increase. If you look at what's recently happened down in Texas with the, the ice, the, the cold, we're in a pretty fragile situation with our existing grid infrastructure. And I think for how it's relevant with your listeners is, you know, I think battery-based systems, um, isolated grids are, are going to be really popular. We're seeing this spike with solar generators. But um, we're, you know, we build things for resilience. And so we see an advent of solar appliances. So literally, you know, appliances are getting more and more efficient. Battery technology is getting better and better. Solar is getting better and better. And so the appliance itself will have its own ability to fuel itself. That is fantastic. And I look forward to the day where society is fueling itself and we are leveraging and harnessing the renewable power all around us and building resiliency into our everyday life. As you pointed out, our friends, many listening right now down in Texas had firsthand experience with something that their forefathers did not. So I pray that you're right, that resiliency will become commonplace, that it will find its place in our world of consumerism and that uh, in some way we will have GoSun to thank for that. Patrick Sherwin is the founder and CEO of GoSun. You can find more at gosun.co. Don't forget Suncast at checkout will get you 20% off. Mr. Patrick Sherwin, thank you for sharing your insights and your story with us here on Suncast. Thank you, Mr. Nico Johnson. You're a phenomenal host. I can't wait to to listen to more of your podcasts and, and see how this evolves over time. All right, Solar Warriors. Well, that's a wrap on today's conversation, but it does not have to be the end of our discussion together. If you've been listening for the first time, I would love to ask for a quick favor right inside of the podcast player that you're using. Would you just give us a rating? One to five, the choice is yours. Either you loved it or you didn't. And if you did love it, would you give us a review as well? Because that's how some other folks like you are going to find this podcast. Maybe you searched solar or clean energy as so many others are doing today and i'd love it if you would help others discover this podcast as well if you are eager to keep learning well then you my fellow philomath can find the resources and highlights from this and every other discussion on suncast along with the social media links book recommendations and so much more at the blog at mysuncast.com since you're already gonna be online would you also take a minute and share your thoughts about this episode. You could do that either in a comment on the LinkedIn post that you'll no doubt easily find about this episode or simply you know, shouting us out on Twitter. Uh, you can find, again, the social media links for myself and for Patrick on that blog post. Give us a shout online. Let us know what you learned and how you're gonna be taking this episode forward in your own life. 
share it with your mother, your baker, the candlestick maker, anybody in your neighborhood that you think would appreciate the story of GoSun and the other many stories that we share here on Suncast. If you will stick around and join our newsletter, of course, you will know the next episode that comes out. They come out every Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday is typically tactical in nature, going into some aspect of the clean energy revolution that you need to know about. And on Thursdays, long episodes like this one, where we regale you with the story of an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, or clean tech leader, and how they got where they are and the problems they are trying to solve along the way. Thanks once again to our sponsors and to you, Suncast Tribe, for helping make all this content worth it and free for listeners to enjoy. You can find out more about our sponsors and how you could partner with us to reach thousands of listeners every week at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.